And today we have a very special show. Do you know why? I'm very excited about this. Today it's the first time I have a guest on the podcast. Not just any guest. It is a special <laughs> guest and it's going to reveal what 12 Crazy Days is or was all about. But first, the intro. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. Yes, thank you for staying tuned for all those of you. Maybe if it's the first time you tuned in, don't, don't listen to this show. Don't, don't listen to today's episode. Rather start with one of the other episodes because today it's a new format. Today, I finally got someone to interview me to explore the 12 crazy days. So, Lisa. Hello, and first of all, hello listeners. And I just want to ask you a few questions to the 12 crazy days journey. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for the listeners or people who don't know what 12 crazy days is, what is it exactly? Um, yeah, actually it was. The <clears throat> 12 crazy days was the idea to raise awareness for refugees, uh, refugee kids that were in Jordan that was stuck in a in a camp <laughs> in a refugee camp and uh, basically I had the idea to to raise money for them yes <laughs> okay and you said was so when did this all happen mm, good question this all happened in the year 2015 and maybe uh, you remember my good friend Mutasim who um, uh, meet us at the airport yes uh, actually he told me about the refugees uh, that are there because when I came back from a journey I flew back from Jordan and I arrived at, at Frankfurt Airport and I met I met my good friend uh, Mutasim and I told him you know I, I drove past this refugee camp I've been driving past it for for many years actually each year when I go to Jordan I saw this refugee camp grow in size. I saw it become bigger and bigger it was um, when you drove um, out of Irbit in the direction of, of Syria. And Lisa, you have to think, this was, you know, way before uh, this, this whole scale war was there. This mm -hmm. was just the beginning. And you could see over the years this refugee camp grow in size, already from far off from the highway. And, you know, you've traveled with me. Yeah, many uh, times. Uh, you know, we, we stay in... Uh, pretty decent hotels we got you know a good breakfast and everything and then you know two hours later you're driving past a refugee camp and you're thinking like wow I'm, I'm so blessed you know you and your sister you know growing up really in, in such excellent um, conditions and uh, this really made me yeah made me reflect so in, in 2015 to answer your question in December on the 21st of December I actually started the 12 crazy days which to summarize is uh, in 12 consecutive days I ran 12 marathons in 12 different countries <laughs> okay but why 12 12 days why 12 marathons why not more or less Ugh, more uh, <laughs> I, I think more i wouldn't have been able to do more <laughs> uh, 
and and anything look my good friend dennis uh, he was uh, part of this project and uh, during the planning stage you know i thought am i going to do just one marathon you know some people just wear a um, a costume and they do one marathon in in support of in support of uh, quality in support of some other charity and that's fine that's great but i didn't just want to do one marathon yeah everybody does that <laughs> like one and then like this is it i thought i've got to do more and two didn't seem enough and then i thought first i thought to do 10 and then i realized that from the logistics um, it would make really sense to do 12 marathons in 12 different european countries i mean where else can you travel to 12 countries in 12 days yeah that's true except in europe yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you plan it because it was 12 consecutive days so i think there that was quite hard to manage uh yes that took some planning but i had an excellent um uh, really show manager with me <laughs> um, Dennis Dennis Brunt or what we did is we basically just bought a European map and we sat down and he looked at it and he said okay we're going to start here and then we're going to go there and there and there and then we we looked at the distances so we said we're going to start in the UK the cliffs of Dover um, the, the the first marathon was was held there and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that um the first one was in Dover, so basically the aim was to start, um, run 21 kilometers in one direction, mm -hmm. and then turn around and run another 21 kilometers, and then you've got 42 kilometers, and and that's and that's a marathon. But um, what we didn't realize is that uh, that first marathon, Lisa. The wind was blowing. <laughs> it was like it was like nearly a storm, uh -oh. and that was great because we ran in one direction and we ran um, uh, along, uh, actually on top of those the white cliffs of Dover. We started mm -hmm. in Dover and it felt excellent. I remember that feeling. My, my my friends were there. My colleagues were there. About I think about. 12, 14 people and everybody sent me off. It, it felt great finally, you know, after, after months of planning. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I forgot to mention, um, there were two, two also sponsors uh, involved. The one was uh, my employer at the time, um, Hornschoch, uh, with DC Fix. Um, they, they, they supported me a lot. I mean, really logistical support and also financial support. And the other one is uh, Daniel with um, IPE, um, uh, Kinder and Jugend Coaching. Uh, that was fantastic support I got there. So, you, so you've basically got all this support. And if you've got all the support, you can't just say, I'm going to run one marathon. So that's, that's, how, that's how it came yeah. to the 12. So anyway, back to, the, back to the setting. Early morning on the 21st the wind howling and we we're running in a easterly direction okay. and it felt great until we got to the part to run back because now we're running into the wind <laughs> i can imagine that that was a lot of a lot harder <laughs> yeah it was like we were standing still and why we because i, I had somebody accompany me mm -hmm. and um and, uh, it was uh, Dory. Thank you very much, Dory, for accompanying me. But Dory, actually, he started to struggle on the way back simply due to the wind. He hadn't drunk enough. And next thing, 
I'm worried about my friend. I'm, I'm really worried about him because I can see he's, he's not holding up. And thank goodness we, we, we met up with, with Tracy and uh, she supported us there and he could get inside the car and he could drive back. So the, that was the first marathon was extremely sort of a mixed bag of emotions. It was like, whew, finally I'm doing it, but also very tense uh, to, to complete the distance and, and um, to, to look after my friend who's joining me. So I, I was pretty relieved that the first one was over with, yeah. <laughs> I think it also maybe showed that you can plan everything, but still things can go out of plan and... You yeah. have to search for new things at the spot. Absolutely. You had to make take decisions at the spur of the moment. Um, you couldn't plan everything. And yes, you're right. Things could have been planned better. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing, Lisa, preparing for a, a mission like that. There are many naysayers. There are more people which will say, you, you can't do it. You're not going to accomplish it. And all this, I don't care. You know me. I don't care what people th say or think about me. But... At the end of the day, um, you, you have to go out and do it. And, and that was day one. So that was already, I thought, this is a very tough day. And um, I, as I said, I was very glad uh, that, was, that was over with. And um, then in the evening, when the, um, the local radio station here in Germany, when they called me up and they basically asked me, sort of, are you ready for, for um, the interview? And uh, Lisa, you've got to think now, I've just come back from running and I, I feel good and all that. And, you know, here's the phone call. And I thought it's going to be, you know, um, a recording or something. And next thing I realize I'm live on the radio. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a small local radio station. Don't get me wrong. It's not like being on BBC or on CNN. No, but... It's still a radio station. It's still, exactly, it's still, it's still a radio station. And, you know, and they're like, so how did it go? And I'm like realizing, wow, you know, I'm asking for people's money here. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm asking for people to donate to a cause which... At the time in Germany, you know, they've they got other worries. The people in Germany, they've got other worries than thinking about refugees in, in Jordan. And, you know, so um, I had to formulate it quite, quite well there. And that um, was SVA Fia was the radio station that, that did the interview there. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was day one, exactly. So you said that your friend Dennis was traveling with you, um, but... In general, how did that go? Because it was like 12 consecutive days, mm -hmm. as we've said before. So how did you manage to travel across Europe in 12 days, 12 different countries? Uh, yeah, so what we did is that evening we, we stayed in, uh, in Dover. And the next morning early, we just took the, the uh, train uh, through the oh, under the channel and we stopped in France mm -hmm. and in France I had another brilliant idea not to run along the beach uh, that also was wonderful and this beach is very well known for its kite surfers oh that's that sounds fantastic <laughs> for a marathon <laughs> exactly yeah and uh, well we, we got some nice photographs there so that was day two the wind was blowing like mad but i had learned my lesson uh, this time i didn't run into the wind i ran with the wind which 
uh, I felt on the second day I was already very tired, surprisingly, simply because that first day, that wind, you know, I don't like wind. It, it yeah. really it took the life out of me. But actually from the, from the scenery, it was a wonderful beach um, running all the way there. And uh, uh, on the second day, I took too many breaks. Um, I, I stopped too many times. So I didn't run them continuously. Mm -hmm. I had to eat, obviously, in between. So I, I just stopped quickly and grab half a sandwich and take two bites and then continue running and continue eating the sandwich. But uh, I started too late. Uh, I, and, of course, I finished very late. So that, that was um, a, a very, uh, also a very tough one. Day two wasn't, well, wasn't so tremendous, uh, to put it that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dennis was the one who, who knew the locations. Basically, he had to drop me there. Uh, he had to wait until I you know, changed into my running gear. Uh, we had to set the watches. Um, we had to make sure that I can run in this area. Not, mm -hmm. not everywhere you can just run. Yeah, that that's that that was day two. <laughs> okay, so before we continue to talk about the other days, how did you manage to run so much in twelve days? Like, how did you train for it? Because mm -hmm. it's not usually that you decide to run twelve marathons in twelve days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, I I understand your question. Look. Um, in total, it was 504 kilometers. And uh, Lisa, I usually run every day. So I knew from the distances, I've done a couple of ultra marathons, I've done the Comrades Marathon, and I know what I need to do for my body to be able to perform. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, it's like this, this basic um, knowledge. I, I've no doubt that as long as I don't trip and break my ankle or my knee or something you know as long as there's no serious injury I would be able to uh, to complete this uh, I didn't train for it not at all but the year 2014 I was uh, physically very very fit um, mm -hmm. I had actually done the comrades marathon you joined me you you, you flew down with me so to South right. Africa yeah uh, very very hot comrades, which uh, didn't work out too well. But uh, I didn't. You still did it. <laughs> I, I did it, but I didn't do it in the time I wanted to do it. And um, so that's basically how I prepared. And of course, I got a sponsor, the company Fitline, which mm -hmm. gave me two products, which I used. One of them was some other shake. Oh, I forget the name, but but a, a lemon flavored uh, drink, which I took in the mornings. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the Restorate. And I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not advertising it here. I'm just saying that this drink really, it did me well. It, it basically alleviated all the, all the stress inside the body after the, after the run so that there wasn't any acid buildup. And that was very important that in the evenings I drank that and I could really feel like, okay, fine, I've, I've got the nutritional um, input that I need. <laughs> to listen to your body and take care of it. Yes, exactly, yes. Uh -huh. So we've already talked about the first two days, which you said that were very windy and not the best mm -hmm. runs. So what were the best runs? Um, let me first tell you actually what, what happened on day three. Yeah. Day three, I had even a cleverer idea. 
<laughs> that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> yeah, and day, day three was on the coast in Belgium, uh, Middelkerken. Uh, that is where a lot of World War II um, uh, forts and, and cannons are still visible. And I thought, I'm going to run up and down that promenade because there's a, <laughs> there are high-rise buildings and I'm just going to run up and down that promenade and that's going to be like, that, you know, the promenade is, is 10 kilometers. Mm -hmm. So you run up once, 10, 20, 30, and 40. 40. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> it was horrible because as well, Middle Carrington is very, very windy. Now you've got to think, I've got three windy runs within me. Mm -hmm. And in the evening, this like journalist, the, the, the radio broadcaster, he phones me up and he says, you know, and, and how are you doing? And I'm thinking, just don't tell him, just don't complain about the wind again. You know, just say yeah. something else. It looked wonderful with the beach <laughs> on the side. And when he made it sound like it was a wonderful run, I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> It, it wasn't it wasn't like that yeah and um so and and you asked earlier about the the the, the logistics mm -hmm. so we got the car from from Hornschuch, from from dc fix so mm -hmm. we had the car we drove from france uh, um, to to belgium and next day ran there and then we drove to the netherlands mm -hmm. which which brings me to answer the question what what was the best run in the netherlands i ran in appledoorn where my very good friend raymond um, he joined me, not as a runner, but as a supporter. Mm -hmm. And um, Appeldoorn is, is flat, like most of the Netherlands, and it has very nice cycleways. And mm -hmm. that day, I actually ran the fastest. Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. I ran the fastest. And two things really ticked me off. Number one, I think it was Raymond gave me like a Father Christmas hat to wear because it was uh -huh. Christmas time and it had one of those, those I don't know what you call it, those things on top were like a little weight which went ding-a-ling-a-ling. -a -ling. Oh, yeah. I had to take it off. And the second thing is uh, my support team, Raymond and Dennis, mm -hmm. they weren't there at like kilometer 25. I'm thirsty. I'm like, really, I need something mm -hmm. to drink. And they are nowhere in sight. Nowhere. Why? Actually, they went and they bought a extra external battery for my phone because my phone kept on dying. I didn't know that. That was a surprise at the time. But I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. Like, don't these guys realize I'm 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 doing a I'm doing a marathon here? You know, they so were to, supposed to help. Me. Yeah, it's all about me, me, me. You know, when yeah. I realized, hang on, no, it's, this is not about me. I'm doing this for for somebody else. I'm I'm raising awareness here. And by the way, the people in the camp in that uh, refugee camp. Uh, the people that were that were heading that camp, they knew about this. I, I had visited that refugee mm -hmm. camp. And I'd been to Jordan with your sister. And uh, well, yeah, uh, it, it was really, for me, a heartbreaking moment. You know, it was one of those things which really, what, what moves your heart? These are the questions in life that will dictate the way that you go. And um, that, that really moved my heart going there. And uh, in those moments when I did get and I did get angry because wait, I'm in my water. And, you know, in those of moments, course. you just realize that, um, hey, um, it's not about you. You know, there are people who have other hardship. And um, yeah. So this was part one of our interview. Oh, okay. Yeah, already so much, uh, very much. Hmm. Thank you for 
for answering these questions. It's already very interesting to listen to your answers. Please keep the stories in mind. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. Since there will be a part two of. So if you also want to know more about 12 crazy days, yep. check in next week in part two. Hey, excellent, Lisa. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this. And yeah, I look forward to next week. Hey, and to all those of you out there, remember, God bless you and... Take it easy.